This copyrighted broadcast is Let's Talk Relationships with Derek Hart. Please don't reproduce or retransmit this show without consent from our producer. We record this show in front of a live audience on bbsradio.com. If you suspect you might have any medical conditions, please consult a health care provider. All opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of our sponsors. People of the world, let's get together. Let's all make this world a better Hello, Derek. This is Sarah. I just had to call you because what I have learned from you has helped me so much in my life where I really wanted to argue, but I decided to listen. Remember that that was his experience and his reality. If the guy follows through, then great. And if he doesn't, then I can just forget about it and move on. And that is like such a huge feeling of like excitement and relief, you know, because that guy is now not in my head anymore. Yeah, you're going to make a huge difference in the world. You already are. One couple at a time. Hey there, it's Derek Hart with Let's Talk Relationships. I just finished up yesterday helping the loveliest couple, Madeline and Gregory. Oh, I want to say her name again. Madeline. Love it. <laughs> okay. Madeline found out the difficult news two years ago that she had stage two breast cancer. Now, two years later, she's made a full recovery, but did undergo a full mastectomy and reconstruction of her breasts. Since the reconstruction surgery, Madeline and Gregory have lost their sex life. My friends, this problem, while seemingly complex, is the same problem we all have when attempting to communicate the truth to each other. For a moment, let's remove the story, okay, about how scary the topics of cancer and surgery are. Madeline and Gregory spent almost the whole two years not communicating the truth about anything that was going on. This is the number one way to lose a marriage. Madeline made up that Gregory wasn't attracted to her anymore. And Gregory made up that Madeline no longer had a sex drive because of the surgery, the medications, and everything else. Now, Madeline had a ton of gratitude about catching the cancer early, but she never got to share any of that with her husband because she was busy feeling so much shame about her new body. And Gregory was just thrilled that she survived it. But you know what? He never once told her that for two years. He was consumed with his own stories. My friends, I believe that the greatest path to happiness is learning how to resolve a scenario like this with your closest person. The truth is just so risky to say, you know, if I tell you the truth and I hurt your feelings, you might go away. And that's why we don't say the truth. When they came to see me six weeks ago, it was the first time Madeline ever discussed the possibility of divorce. So she scared the hell out of Gregory. And they had been together uh, about 23 years. So we solved this in three visits and they are falling in love all over again. Now, how does that happen exactly? All we really have is communication. So I allowed Madeline and Gregory to fight in front of me and I witnessed basically how fast it went. Neither of them listened to each other. What that means is that there's no spaciousness for one person at a time to get heard. With me there, they both get heard. I'm like a temporary trust coach. If they trust me, then soon I can guide them back to trusting each other. Now let me tell you the end of the story. If they had not come to see me, 
she would have never known that Gregory read an article on the web about how sensitive the breasts are after reconstruction. And his main fear that he's been holding in for a year was that he was hurting her when they attempted to make love. He thought touching the new breasts was harming her. And the look on her face was that she was experiencing some discomfort, but it wasn't at all related to physically what was going on. It was related to the uh, lack of openness between them. He was too scared to share what was going on, and she didn't know how to break open the conversation either. Not one of the other stories that they made up were correct. So when you don't share the truth with each other, most likely you are making something up about what you think they're thinking and how you think they'll respond. And often you don't know what stories they're making up about you. This is what we do on Let's Talk Relationships. We find out the truth. We learn how to say the truth. We learn how to receive the truth. The number, 877-712-1446. Call in for anything relationship-related, anything that you're making up. Let's talk about it. I have a caller on the line named Robert who's been looking at my website and has some very specific questions about couples and how I work with them. So one of, yeah, one of the things I read um, on your website is that vulnerability is at the heart of what you teach. Right. So would you mind sharing with us a little bit, I mean, because that seems, um, um, vulnerability is one thing that I think scares a lot of people. Yeah. It is a very interesting thing. You know, the, in my office, one of the main things I do is I work with couples. Every methodology out there on how to do marriage counseling, on how to do couples counseling, on how to get two people to interact uh, and reconnect with each other after, you know, often a couple decades of struggle. Uh, so vulnerability, I didn't know would become the center of what I would be teaching people uh, because that is the fastest path I have found to change your behavior to get you to feel better and to get your other and to get your partner to feel better uh, to, to disarm the partner and to stop criticism and defensiveness and doing that is uh, uh, it's the real path to uh, reconnecting with with uh, two people it's it, it's incredibly effective uh how i use this in my counseling practice wow you know that i can see where putting forth you know, or being vulnerable um would certainly uh shift you know the the interaction the dynamic you know be, between couples what what are um maybe the top you know one or two problems that you've seen that couples have when it comes to, you know, uh, relationships or communication? What are some top communication issues that they may have? Yeah, good good question. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, everybody has an opinion about uh, relationships. You know, you ask anybody, you know, and they'll say, yeah, there's this problem and there's that problem. And uh, I, I don't like to oversimplify things, but it's sometimes the only way we can understand, you know, how to improve, you know, a relationship especially. So I'm going to suggest that couples have 
one problem only. Let's just stick with one. And the biggest problem of all is that they don't know how to repair a conflict. When you get together and you decide to be in a romance with somebody, uh, if you get really, really honest, the truth is that you're going to get into a conflict. You're actually supposed to. Or, you know, or else you're either too nice or you're hiding the truth because people are very different. And couples actually that uh, traditionally have no fighting for the first two years of their relationship, uh, that's actually a great indicator of divorce, believe it or not. So fighting, wow. fighting and having conflict is mandatory. It's going to happen. It's always going to happen in any healthy relationship. What couples don't know how to do is repair it. So a conflict happens. I teach couples how to detect when a conflict happens, how to enter it properly, and then how to repair it when they hurt each other's feelings. Because also a couple needs to know they're going to hurt each other's feelings. It's going to happen. End of story. There's no way around that. It's the repair that they come in here with me to learn. Well, well, you know, the idea of, you know, I think that's a, a very realistic, honest um, evaluation of the way that relationships work. And, you know, recognizing um, that, you know, if, if there is no conflict, then someone is maybe not being necessarily being true to themselves right. and, and trying to. So you would, you would, um, kind of shift the perspective of a conflict um, from being something that's just, um, you know, something to avoid as to one where it's, it's inevitable and it could lead to maybe even strengthening a relationship. Actually, you bring up a, a, a very good point. One of the things that conflict represents is it's the exact point where you can get to know somebody deeper. So the couple that has conflict, the, you know, one of the good points that I can, you know, give them is that when you learn how to repair a conflict better, not only do you feel better, but you actually become closer to the person because inside the conflict is, you know, where your hopes and dreams and hurts and all the things you would like to not feel so alone about, all of that stuff gets wrapped up in your conflicts. So it's the key uh, to connecting and being deep with another person. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, and, and it's one, I, I mean, it, I don't think many couples view conflict in that manner, right, <laughs> you know, right. that, uh, you know, to, to recognize that, you know, there is actually value to it. Um, so now, uh, how would you teach um, a couple um, to listen to each other um, if they're equally frustrated? You know, I mean, I'm sure when they come to you, they've kind of gotten to the point where, you know, it's like, okay, we need a third party or an objective opinion. Yeah, this is where uh, I, I I am actually key in being the third party in the room, or you know, or on video, you know, Skype with a couple. Uh, I know they they both have resentments. They're both equally frustrated, and I do a very precise uh, process for them where. I get to know what they're both feeling conflict about. 
and I make sure that they both make eye contact with me and that they get that I get it. Then when I enter uh, uh, their conflict with them, meaning I, I have them start interacting with each other about the conflict, I, uh, I actually do a very fast-paced back and forth between them because it's very challenging to get the first person to drop their guard and be willing to hear the other when they're both equally frustrated, right? So I kind of I kind of hold right. the energy and the frustration for both of them. And because they feel that I got their backs entirely and that we're going to get to all of the conflict, uh, I, can, I can very quickly, often in the first session, get one person to drop their armor just for a moment. Yeah. Um, and, and, that, and I suppose once that happens, then it's recognized by the other and then then you can probably get easier communication between the two and an understanding you know i uh, i i wish it was that easy uh in some cases it is that <laughs> it, it is that easy it takes one or two sessions sometimes it takes six or eight sessions and yes the 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 goal is to show them how to resolve three or four of their conflicts you know, three or four of their resentments. My goal is to teach them how to solve problems. And I really only need to do that by showing them how to solve three or four problems. So I don't, I don't do what actually I believe most couples counselors, marriage counselors and therapists do, which is they kind of dive into the deep end with the couple and they're all kind of, you know, you know, uh, dog paddling, you know, trying to stay afloat while they deal with all the problems. That is unfortunately the incorrect way to help a couple. You know, you have to, you know, you know, the good old saying, you have to teach them to fish so you can feed them for life. So I, so I have to teach mm -hmm. them how to resolve a conflict and what it looks like. And that's, that's a complete relearning of communication often uh, goes back to how they learned how to communicate in their childhood. I mean, it goes way back and we have to read, you know, we have to relearn that. Yeah. Well, I would think, you know, that by, again, by the time they get to you, um, that, you know, they, you know, those things in childhood, you know, have, they basically created a pattern of, uh, they're each own their own patterns, which don't resolve conflict. So it sounds like what you're doing is, like you say, teaching them to fish yeah. rather than you know, feeding them the fish. So I mean, you're you're basically helping them create new patterns for working with conflict. Yeah, you know, after the first session, uh, they'll come back, and it'll be the second session, and. This let me give you an idea of what what is just absolutely brilliant. When they come back to the second session and they say something like, "You know, he said this, and then I got defensive, and I made him more defensive, but then he stopped it, and he realized he was about to get more defensive, and we both realized we're about to get into a an argument that goes nowhere, and we have no idea what to do next. So let's call Derek." Now, now that now that sounds like that sounds like it could be not a lot. That is actually the starting point of a marriage that can get rebuilt uh, when they actually just recognize, oh, 
telling my partner how frustrated I am yet again in the same way I've been doing it gets me absolutely nowhere. That's what I need to help them interrupt. Truth bomb. Most of the boys have crushes on girls. Well, there's one boy that we know has a crush on. She has a crush on him. Everyone knows it. It's just they don't know it. Some boys are mean to girls when they're like that. That's not the way to get them to like you back. You have to show respect of kindness. Most boys now in my class respect girls. Some boys just aren't like that. They think it's ill, that kissing, but it's really a part of life, you know? I've been looking at definitions of vulnerability in the dictionary, Derek, and one of them, the definition says, susceptible to physical or emotional attack or harm. So why would we want to be vulnerable? You know, it is the most interesting thing. I, I, I work with the concept of vulnerability all the time with the people that I help. And it does seem like a bit of a paradox because it means that you're going to potentially be in harm's way. And that's, that's not the point of bringing vulnerability to couples and to people that are wanting to be deeper in relationship. Vulnerability is something I want people to learn about to do just a little bit of, just a sprinkle of it in their closest relationships uh, as a way to get closer and as a way to resolve conflicts. So it is important who you choose to be vulnerable with, obviously. It's really important. It's actually one of the key things that I teach all the time, which is, you know, if you say the truth to somebody and you get really, really clear and you don't criticize them, you don't attack and you move into this place called vulnerability, it means you're being honest in a way that hopefully gets them to also soften a little and also become vulnerable. And then maybe they'll move towards you and be open to you in a really sweet way. So what if that doesn't happen? So then what would be the next thing? Let's say you open yourself up, you're vulnerable and you say, hey, you know, this is how I'm feeling. And well, this is what I'd like to feel. How do you what do you think about that? And the person uses that moment to just kind of be mean to you. Then the next step is to go, oh, maybe this isn't the right person for me or? Yeah, that's a great question. That's actually one of the most important things to learn about. If you're really open and honest and you share your heart and the other person doesn't recognize it and doesn't kind of climb into the conversation in a way that uh, feels good to you back, that's when you can do a couple different things. You can become more vulnerable yourself and really share from a deeper place and take the risk to do that. Or you can really slow yourself down and recognize this person may not be going there with you and you want to listen to that part of yourself too that's telling you it may not be safe to open up this way. You know, it reminds me of uh, being in a yoga class and a yoga teacher telling me that she was feeling really uh, opened and her heart had expanded and she had decided in that moment that she would go out and just love everybody. 
and be, just be open and heart uh, expansive towards everybody. And then what happened, she was a little bitty thing. What happened is that she walked out, went to a bus stop, smiled a beautific smile at a guy, and then he like followed her for the next mile and she had to shake him. And she was kind of like, oh boy, like what a bummer. I walk out, I want to expand my heart and I'm getting stalked by some, you know, guy who misread her smile. Yeah. When you are deciding to be vulnerable, I want it to be a calculated decision. I want you to check out your surroundings. I want you to decide, hey, this person in front of me is somebody that if I really show my heart to, most likely they're going to respond and show their heart. That's what you want to watch out for. Well, it sounds like it's also what you want to invite is the ability to be vulnerable with somebody else who can be vulnerable back. And then if you're not at that place, it's baby steps. Get there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what you brought up with the uh, woman that had the man following her home, for example, you know, uh, being vulnerable with, uh, strangers is a bit of a risky thing to do. So when you have an acquaintance or someone who's a new friend Deciding to take that first risk to really open yourself up is something that you want to be thoughtful about and you want to really make the decision and know what you're doing. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what I like about that is that also the distinction between being vulnerable and then being a doormat. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, being vulnerable is a calculated decision to share something about yourself and then watch, wait, listen, and see how they respond. That tells you everything about who they are and if this relationship can go deeper. All right. Good stuff. Thanks, Derek. There's more of Let's Talk Relationships with Derek Hart right after this. Don't go anywhere. The number to call is 877-712-1446 if you'd like to be on the program. I'm Beth Holland. Would you like to contact Derek? It's understandeachother.com, the website, and we'd love to hear from you. Does your dog have muddy, dirty paws? Well, here's your answer. The Paw Wash cleans dog's paws fast and easy. Just insert your dog's paw and leg into the device and pump up and down. The Paw Wash's unique hourglass design creates a suction of power that pulls that dirt, mud, sand, or salt off the paw and leg, and it stays in the device. You can clean all four paws in a little over a minute with just one fill. For retail or online sales, go to www.thepawwash.com. That's www.thepawwash.com. Hi, it's Derek Hart. Now, have you enrolled yet in dating school? Well, I know. It doesn't exist. So how are you going to deal with dating in modern society? What do you do when you get a text from somebody that just says, hey, what's up? How do you protect yourself from people that just disappear? How do you not waste your time? Should a woman ask a man out on a date? Should a man pay for dinner? How long should you wait to have sex? How do you determine if you've met somebody who wants a real-life commitment? And how do you recognize within the first week how somebody's going to treat you two years later? This is what we learn in the Relationship Mastery course. Dating school enrollment is open. Come sign up at understandeachother.com. That's understandeachother.com. What do you think? you have any ideas about what makes connection real and lasting and sustainable? Let us know. This is Let's Talk Relationships with Derek Hart on bbsradio.com.
I'm Beth Holland. Thanks for listening. And if you'd like to reach out, we'd love to hear from you. Toll free 877-712-1446. Understandeachother.com. I don't feel the emotional connection with you. My soul needs that to be able to share physically and intimately. Your sexual needs aren't being met. I came in the house the other day and you were doing porn and it hurt me deeply. I understood it and I didn't want you to feel embarrassed. It makes me feel as though there's an invasion now in the house and there are other female images that you have and perhaps expectations. And I'm just dying to have a sexual connection with you. Nothing is missing but your smile. Love is the answer, don't you ask me why. Hi, it's the Text Corner. I have so many texting frustrations. I don't know how people are acting. They're over there and I'm over here. Like, I don't know what they mean. Really, do you know what anyone means when they're texting? You think you do, but do you really? I get you're happy. You don't need to send every smiley face emoji that they have. It is not an excuse to say you didn't get my text. Call me. Just call me on the phone. Make it easier. So here's a text exchange that I had in my online dating escapades. I met a guy and we actually had a very nice lunch. And the conversation went well, and we had a lot of laughs. It was it was fine, but I could tell I I could tell that there wasn't a chemistry between us for whatever reason. Yeah. Now it's taken me a while to recognize that the lack of chemistry because I thought it was fun, but I thought when he said goodbye, I thought ah, I don't think he's gonna I don't think he's into me. So I thought, well, what am I going to do? Because what I don't like is to do nothing because then I might get a text in a week or two weeks where it says, hey, Beth, you know, it's nice meeting you, but there's no chemistry. And then that makes me, that's kind of like an ouch, right? I want to be a little more preemptive. So I wrote him, thanks for lunch and coming to meet me. Even if you didn't feel chemistry, it was still nice to meet you. And I wish you good luck with your business, your new business that he told me about. So then he wrote back, it was great meeting you. I thought we had a good conversation and was surprised at how quickly the time went. Yeah, chemistry is a weird thing, isn't it? I look forward to hearing your voice on the radio. And then I said, great. I mean, that not that a nice exchange? That was really sweet. Did you get your feelings hurt by him kind of agreeing that there was not any chemistry? I don't know that I got my feelings hurt, but I feel like the confirmation of what I felt was part of my maturing process because for me to feel like every single guy has to just look at me and immediately fall in love with me, there is something in our American culture that almost makes women think that guys should fall in love with us instantly, otherwise we're just dogs. Like I think that's a really damaging idea actually. Yeah, there's actually a direction I want to go for a second here, which is uh, you were wondering if there was chemistry and you were wondering if he felt chemistry towards you. And one thing I really want people to be able to do is to spend more time thinking about whether or not for you there's chemistry. So instead of does he like me, I want you to put the focus on do I like him? Well, I haven't matured to that level yet. 
(laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know I hear what you're saying, but it's, it's hard. You know, I'm so used to like, oh, I want them to like me. It's it. I hear what you're saying. And I did kind of like him, but I'm also kind of distracted by um, other things going on. It could have been that there was a reason why he didn't feel chemistry. And that reason is that I didn't feel chemistry. So this is a way of me taking a little responsibility for the lack of chemistry. And you know what? It's okay. Beth, I think it's just incredible what you've done here. And I want to articulate why. When you meet a brand new person, they're just an acquaintance. And mostly you're making up stories in your head about what they might be for you in the future. And that's all fine. As you know, I often teach people how to slow that down to really observe the truth of the person sitting right in front of you. But there is something very real about how you will feel about yourself after a first date or after a second date. Having some honest communication with the person about whether or not you want to go out again can be a great help and how you feel about the often difficult experience of dating. It's not about just simply taking care of the other person. That's not what I'm talking about. It's like you can feel a sense of pride within yourself that you know you don't lead people on and that people don't have to go off wondering if you're going to call them or if you want them to call you. It's not easy to do what I'm saying, but it will help you to be able to really look in the mirror and know yourself and know that you're treating people with deep compassion. So tell me, Beth, did it make you feel better doing it this way, communicating so honestly, even though he's just a stranger? I every I get what you're saying because there have been lots and lots and lots of guys that there have, there's it was the chemistry, the lack of chemistry was so obvious. There was no need to discuss it and there was no need to even have any further contact. It was like, bye-bye, you know, had the coffee and absolutely I wouldn't spend any time at all or even any thought about trying to wrap that up or something. But here's a guy that I had a very good lunch with. He was a friend. I mean, I felt like I felt like I made a friend. I felt like he felt like I was a friend and that we probably know some mutual people. I just felt like he was almost like somebody in my tribe. Now, was there sexual chemistry? No, not really. But I still kind of liked him and I did feel that he liked me. So I think sometimes it's a little tricky in those cases where you know, what I didn't want was to get a text from him um, later kind of saying, oh, I didn't, I didn't like you. Like that would have been worse than me preemptively addressing it. So, I mean, I don't think there's any hard and fast rules, but I think we should know what like some of the options are and that we can like choose like a spice cabinet, you know, it's like, oh, for this, I need some coriander and for this, I need garlic, you know? It's a really sweet thing you did for yourself. I, I think you did an, a, a, an extremely well taking care of yourself by no longer having that person rent any space in your head. And that is what you did. Thank you. That's a great way of putting it. Thanks, Derek. Good job. So if you have a texting question for Derek, come to the text corner and email. Derek at understandeachother.com. Oh, boy. We're going to just leave it there. We're going to put a pin in it for a second, okay? And we're going to come back with more of Let's Talk Relationships with Derek Hart. The number to call to join is 877-712-1446. The website, understandeachother.com.
Hi, Tom Bodette. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat-screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. Where are you? Are you in bed? Or are you leaving the first human footprint on Mars? Are you jogging? Or are you about to pull off the heist of the century? Are you in your car? Or are you praying those red eyes in the darkness can't see you? A voice in your ear can take you anywhere. Audible. Get your first audiobook for free and feel every word. Seven ninety nine a month after 30-day trial. Starts automatically. Terms apply. I'm Beth Holland. This is Let's Talk Relationships with Derek Hart on bbsradio.com. Toll-free 877-712-1446 is how you can get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Understandeachother.com is the website. You certainly don't deserve to have someone that's cheated on you and ran away from you, abandoned you, and all that stuff. I'm tremendously sorry for any pain that I've caused you, and I stand in judgment of it, whether you judge me or not. We could be completely together, like extraordinary, really just propelling our life and being light for other people and helping them. I don't like other people. I know you don't. Neither do I. <laughs> you walk with me and you talk to me. Guide me through the darkest night. Teach me We have a caller on the line and her name is Elle. Uh, okay, hi Elle. Tell me what's happening with you today. I'm at a place where, like, typically I would end it, and yep. that never gets me what I want because it feels like there's some unresolved stuff and it's going to come up with somebody anyhow. Okay. And and at the same time, I know I'm staying with somebody who's not fully emotionally available right now. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's this interesting. I feel like I'm in an interesting precipice. <laughs> um, and I know that I am not the best communicator still. <laughs> like, it's doing my best effort. Sure. Um, I know I've done things and habits in this relationship, like I've done in every relationship, that contributes to their lack of emotional availability. Um, I've even, like, you know, kind of followed another woman who's like, there's no such thing as emotional unavailability in some ways. It's how we show up right. in that relationship that contributes to that. So then, oh, it's, I'm looking, I want to I look at me. So you emailed me and said the man you're dating is still in love with somebody else and he's not dating her anymore, but he, he mentions her sometimes and that's, that's bothering you? They ha- you know, they're friends and he's like, you always have to accept that we're always three friends, we're in communication, they don't see each other that often. He doesn't talk about her. Like, it's not like he's always bringing her up or anything like that, it's more like, if every so often when I check the pulse, I'm like, so how are things with Bonnie? He's like, yeah, I'm still in love with her. Like, I found after seven months of being with you, it would change. It hasn't. I'm in love with you. You preoccupy my mind more of the time. But then I'm like, if we're both in the same room, where would your heart go? He goes, it would go to both of you. And that is really heart-wrenching for me. Um, and these seven months with him have, have been on and off in a way that, like, I broke up because it was him after three months because I thought we were going to get more serious but then when he couldn't say he wasn't in love with her and he wasn't sure about me 
I broke it off because I was so triggered, right? By the way, I wouldn't call that a trigger. I would call that something that is real, that should alert you that you've chosen an unavailable man whose heart is still with another woman. So the appropriate response would be for you to feel fear and acknowledge yourself for that, and it should be a red flag. But he shows up and, like, Hmm. Hmm. serves me like no one's ever served me, you know? So it's like this mixed bag. I don't know where I'm creating a problem where there isn't one or, you know, it's very confusing right now for yeah. me. Like I, I kind of can't put my can't, I don't feel settled. Yeah. Or ground. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of the areas where I believe there's an, a real unkindness happening from him to you. And it's not on purpose, but it's, it's, it, it shows a lack of maturity. That's a private part of his world. If he has those feelings and such a pull to the other woman, uh, the only reason for discussing it with, with you is if it's making him still want to be with her and that he can't be with you. Discussing it just for reasons of discussing it is pretty unkind um, if his heart is truly with somebody else. Uh, so he only discusses it when I ask specifically okay great yeah and that's why i really feel like there's there's not something to blame him for here except do you want to know that about his relationship with her because you feel there's a segment of his emotional connectedness or his emotional availability that you just can't have because he's really with her is that why you ask yeah yes and like and i don't know if it's in my i don't know if it's real or imagined if it's like me always feeling that way, that's the part that feels very familiar. Like even talking about it, I can feel this contraction in my stomach. Yeah. And so, and it's old, it's older than him. And that's, that's the thing. It's this feeling in my belly that I'm getting and the fear, the degree of fear that I get that he could love this other woman is so strong. I almost, I want to simplify it for a second. I want to make it like a, you know, thing you like about somebody, you know how you like, you know, maybe, a certain uh, body type or a certain hair color or if a person is smart. Yeah. So all the things you like, right? L- let me... A feature, re- yeah. A feature. Yeah. L- let's talk about something really simple that's, vi- that's something that might be a non-negotiable for you, okay? You would maybe like... Um, like, a, like a size of a penis. Like I don't... I can't be with someone who has a really small penis I've discovered. Okay, excellent, <laughs> like, excellent. <laughs> excellent. That's a good one. It's a good one. So, so, so for a second, let's talk about something that is something that you definitely would like, which I'm going to say, which would be a man whose very latest person he's in love with is you. So I mean... Okay, so... It's tricky because he's in love with me too. So maybe exclusive, like exclusive. Feature is somebody who, yeah, who's not still hung up on someone else in some way. That's complete with his other relationships. I want somebody who we naturally move into a relationship, and we're not spending lots of time talking about you know the ex lovers and you know. And I know people are friends with their exes, and that's that's fine. But this is a different scenario. That you're staying, you know, that you're staying in, and I think I think I think the pattern may start and be uh, visible pretty early on in a relationship like this for you. So there's that, which is the practical component, which Uh I totally agree with. Okay, okay. And then there's this part of the pain 
that I keep drawing it as though I feel like spiritually or something, there's something to complete within me because since it precedes him, you know, like I keep falling into these, I fell into this relationship with him, I met him at a festival and okay. had, on E had sex with him and didn't expect to be with him. And yep. we just kept, he just kept showing up and he showed up in really beautiful ways that kept compelling me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's like, so it's like this, this, this catch 22 where he shows up in ways that I'm like, if I'm just being present, which is really hard and has been a complaint of all my partners in the past, it's like just be with the moment, not like future tripping and past tripping. There's a 5% chance they're coming from a very pure place, like a Buddhist meditation. You know, be in the now with me. You're so worried. Okay. The other 95% chance of what's happening here is they are manipulating. And that is not okay. That's a full manipulation. I believe that they want you to be with them and, and they want to enjoy you and they want to have sex and they want to get all the goodies and they are not commitment ready. That is a wavy, bright red flag to watch out for when you want to talk about the future with a man and they're not okay with it. If you've spent any reasonable amount of time together, like for example, a month, and a man tells you just to be in the now and it's not okay to even discuss if you're moving towards a commitment, turn around and run the other way and send him a text and say you took a cab home. Maybe it's a catch-22 because it's how I talk about it. Like, if I'm talking about it from the spirit, I talk about it from the fear place. Like what's going to happen if or da 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 if. And, and, and that's what's so tricky. That's what's so confusing. Like if I showed up in my relationships, and I think I want to practice this because I think what you're saying is true. Like I think there's been a degree of manipulation and I think my ex-fiance manipulated me. Yep. And I think people manipulate without even knowing. And I manipulate, you know. Um, that's a mirror for me. Like how am I manipulating to get what I want, right? And I do think there's truth to that. I want to add one thing also. You, you mentioned about fear. You come from a fear place. Yeah. Okay, I, 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 want, I want to add something in, which is I want to relate that to you and the other person as a unit, okay? I think you might be coming very much from a fear place because of the pattern of who you've chosen and who's in front of you. I want you to not right. take such responsibility for that fear choice. I think there's a reason for you to have fear, and you're actually not listening enough to the fear. Okay. Okay. Like I'm not listening to me. Yeah. Yeah. You you have a little birdie in your ear whispering. Um, he's not available and you're not going to have a person who's living with you, partnering with you, paying bills with you, living in your house, who's fully available to have his heart be in love with only you. And you're going, oh, but he's so good to me and all the things we do to keep love alive, right? You know, you don't want to give it up. He's being so good to you in so many ways. But that that's the pattern. I believe we're talking right now directly about the tough part of this, which is the pattern inside you. So if so if and if that that's true, like then I'm always I'm always alone. It's like huh. You're alone at I'm the you're you're alone at the end of it. At the end of these scenarios, you're gonna be alone. And what we're talking about right now is better prediction skills. Relationship tip. If you feel like you're not getting what you need from a partner and you're afraid that you're doing everything wrong, that's a legitimate concern. Try not to blame yourself. Take a step back. Observe what you are doing. 
This is key in creating the love and connection you want in your life. Is your picker off? If you feel like something isn't quite right with the people you choose, listen to that. If you choose partners that have serious problems, such as addiction, impulse control struggles, or a lifetime of bad habits, remember you're signing on to join their world. You might only have this one problem, but it's a doozy of a problem. If you want a relationship filled with stability, commitment, and authenticity, then take some time to review your picker because it might have an agenda of its own. If your partner makes you feel fearful, maybe your fear is not the problem. Maybe you should be more fearful. The art of recognizing an available partner is directly connected to the willingness you have to walk away from unavailable partners. The wisdom to tell the difference comes from slowing down and staying present. Oh boy, we're going to just leave it there. We're going to put a pin in it for a second, okay? And we're going to come back with more of Let's Talk Relationships with Derek Hart. The number to call to join is 877-712-1446. The website, understandeachother.com. Hi, Tom Baudette. Now that Motel 6 has renovated their rooms, I figured I'd get a little work done myself. They got new bathrooms, bed linens, and flat screen TVs. I got rid of my jowls and turkey neck. But while Motel 6 makes travel painless by saving you more for what you travel for, I'm still in quite a bit of pain. Though you could never tell by the permanent smile on my face, I'm Tom Baudette from Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. Look online at motel6.com. Why aren't you eating, princess? I can't even look at you. I prepared it specially. It's your favorite. Do you expect me to eat this? Do you know who I am? Just try a little bit. I have family members who could hunt you down and kill you. Not even a nibble? You would vanish like this. Nothing left of you. Just bones and bits of greasy hair. Oh, what's the matter? Your food offends me. I'm not sleep with you tonight. Princess, come back. No. I'm going to go and sit on patio and stare at you until you give me what I want. Oh, and by the way, I have done big poo in Slipper. Oh, princess. If cats could talk, they'd demand a gourmet meal from Pro Diet. This has been another exciting edition of Let's Talk Relationships with Derek Hart on bbsradio.com. I'm Beth Holland. Would you like to call? Toll-free 877-712-1446. We'd love to hear from you. The website to find out more, understandeachother.com. I have two men that I'm that I'm sexual with. They're not really the right fit for me. I'm getting a lot of my I'm getting my needs met from these men that aren't the right fit. Should I stay with where I'm at or should I close the door on the two men that I'm seeing? If I want to meet someone who's available, I need to make myself available. I don't want to go back with you. Listen to that, please. I don't want to go backwards with you. I want all of you, just you with me and living the life that I have and that I want and that I'm creating or nothing at all. I want all or nothing. Okay, I have an email here. Uh, Jen sent me an email and she's currently on hold, so she's going to talk to us. Uh, let me read it. Dear Derek, I'm having the hardest time saying goodbye to a man I've only been dating a couple months. I know he's not right for me, and I keep telling him over and over what I need, thinking he will eventually give it to me. Is he just unavailable or what? 
how do I know for sure when to really call it quits? Every time I email him or call him and try to say goodbye, he doesn't agree with me, but he's still completely involved with his ex and has not yet committed to me. So I need to write a letter to him and I want this to be the final letter. I want to tell you what I'm writing to him, so please help me figure out what to say so I don't keep getting hooked back into him. Okay, Jen, uh, welcome to the show. Tell me what's going on for you. I want to ask you uh, like a specific question about when we talked on the phone, I just said basically to him, you know, I love you, all that, blah, blah. But I, I wanted to ask you if it would be appropriate, because I really feel like I want to, to write him a note and send it. Basically, I wrote that I keep hoping that he will come get me and want only me. And I want to hear from him if he changes his mind, if he has a change of heart. But I, but I also wanted to say in this letter that I'm ready to really start letting go. I need to for myself. And I don't want to, but I feel like if you're sure, you know, that you're not ready, then I wanted to let you know, like, I'm not, I'm not going to be hanging on. Can I just read you what I wrote and yeah. see what you pick up from it? Yeah. Okay. I, wrote, I want you to know how my love for you had a huge impact in my life. And if you're um, sure I'm not for you, I'm going to let go. I have to let go. I can't keep hoping you see how amazing I am. I mean, this is all just free writing. Yeah. I want to write, so then I'm saying to you, I want to write him a note card, something short and sweet that says I understand and respect him if he's not ready to let go or ready to enter into a monogamous relationship with me. Um, but I need to let him know he had a huge impact that his love, that my love that I had for him, that I'm grateful for the joy, the music, the affection, the kissing, the sexiness, the inspiration and the fun, um, that for the chance to really be my full authentic and vulnerable self. That makes me kind of sad. Yeah. And that I understand if he's not in the same place, that there's a deep part of me that keeps hoping that he will call and that he's had a change of heart, um, that he wants to be with me and only me and see how we could work together. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that he understands that desire, but I'm also sure you understand that I cannot allow myself to keep hoping. And I trust that you know, wait, I trust that you know, that you know what you need and I need to let you go and I'm letting you go for you and for me. So that's like my free right. And that's, you know, obviously, I'm not going to be like blah 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 blahing like that, but yeah, that's how I feel, and I feel like I want to write him a letter and just say thank you, essentially, and also like I wish you would choose me, but I understand if they're not, and I, if not, I need to let go. So okay. I want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> okay, the first thing is you want to get clear on whether or not you really have something to communicate that he needs to know, or whether you're still holding out for him to have a change of heart and come back towards you. So if you do need something from him, get clear on what it is. I guess what I need from him, you said, what do I need? I need something from him. Yeah. Is to know that this was like really real for me. And like it meant a lot, but that I need to like stop feeling it. Like I need to let go. Are you needing to know that he felt as deeply? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a part of me that wants to feel like I was important to him, and I think I was. The fact that I want to let go right now, like, and and be as open and uh, as open as I can to other opportunities as soon as possible, yeah. doesn't mean that I didn't feel incredibly deeply. And I don't know that I'm ready to have a date, but I want to be ready to have a date, and I don't want to keep holding on because I want to find the right person. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I think what you've asked is like, why, what do I need? And I do, I need him to know that this was huge for me Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to hold on just because it was huge for me. I'm not going to keep hoping and waiting because I am hoping and waiting and it doesn't feel fair to me. The question is uh, uh, whether or not you keep yourself hooked by doing another step of communication uh, uh, other than uh, uh, writing a note saying you had a profound effect on my life. Goodbye. Okay. That 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 is actually that's actually do I mean you might write a couple more things but that's actually doing what you're saying. Another another round of explaining the deep meaning he had for you and that you need to let go may or may not do the exact opposite of what you're wanting. It, it may actually right. g- give you yet another hook because, wow, you sent this profound message and you didn't even get a response. It might keep you hooked right. more. Right, okay. Be- because, because you are needing something from him and he actually has been given all the information about how deeply you feel. He knows it's his move is what you're saying. That's all I need to know. I need to know he knows it's his move and if he wanted anything to happen, he's the one that's going to have to make it happen. Yeah, and and actually the the power of saying goodbye uh is quite the communication to uh have him either uh do nothing or come towards you. You you actually want to say goodbye and thank you for the incredible, you know, relationship. It it was very meaningful for me. That's actually the most powerful thing you can do to leave it in his corner. So are you saying I already did that and I don't need to do it again? Well, I think the most powerful thing could, would be to write the, the best letter and then burn it or toss it in the trash or have a ritual, you know, to not hook yourself back in. You know, this is a permanent breakup. Saying goodbye is, is, is very powerful and doesn't have any subconscious stuff working that hooks you back in waiting for another response. I need to know that if he had a change of heart, he would... He would contact me, but I don't need to hear back from a this goodbye letter. I just need to know he understands that I wish he would come back, and I understand if he doesn't, and I'm not going to be holding on. That's I think those are the three main points. There's very little information that you really need to give when you're actually going to say goodbye. So if I come from the least manipulative place where I'm not trying to get another response and I'm not trying to get him to contact me... I would say it something like this. I'm ready to say goodbye to this relationship in its current form. And if you ever want to contact me to have a relationship with me, please make sure it's completely sorted out and that you're very available for a full committed relationship. Please call me if that happens for you. Um, And he will know how much you love him. I mean, that does it all. Because that really makes it like, you know, you're a person I care about. We had a romance. It was a short amount of time. That version of our relationship has to die now. It, it, it keeps the door open for a relationship that, ha- that could happen in a different form. Okay. But by adding the part about, please call me back only if you have a, a real change of heart, 
that actually tells him uh, very clearly this current version of the relationship is going to die. I don't want it anymore. And if you have a change of heart, I'm looking for a serious monogamous commitment. If you fall into that zone, contact me. Relationship tip. We all have more power than we think when it comes to how we interpret and respond to the words and behaviors of others. When someone else is frustrated and angry, whether it's a spouse, colleague, parent, or child, we do not have to respond with defensiveness and more anger. We can override the perfectly natural knee-jerk reaction to respond in anger if we choose to. Then we will realize that changing this pattern, responding gently to others that are frustrated, is what changes the world for the better. With practice, the phenomenon of responding with understanding, validation, and yes, even kindness to someone else's rage and accusations can become easier and more intuitive as you experience the magic of what happens when you disarm the other. If one person refuses to fight or defend or counterattack, something else will happen. And it doesn't mean you're weak or sweeping important issues under the carpet. On the contrary, it's the strong person who changes the tone and the content of the conversation when they show wisdom and vulnerability in this way and paves the way to true communication and understanding. So I have good news and bad news. Um, no, I don't have good news. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn it. That's okay, right? He doesn't have to be perfect. Well, if there was a perfect person, she wouldn't date me. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is not a train wreck. You slipped on the curb on your bicycle and, and fell and, and, and need one Band-Aid. Okay. That's about okay. it. That's about I mean, okay. maybe a little more. Maybe that. a big Band-Aid. Maybe a big... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> maybe, a, maybe a big Band-Aid. Well, that's a wrap-up of today's show. It's Let's Talk Relationships with Derek Hart on bbsradio.com. I'm Beth Holland. Would you like to join the conversation or just let us know you're listening? We'd love to hear from you. It's toll-free, 877-712-1446. The website to find out more, understandeachother.com. We appreciate you and we hope you make it a great day.